Welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast, hosted by Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer of Creelan.com. Listen in as Creelan interviews powerful people who have tamed their fears, embraced their greatness, and gotten out of their own damn way. And now, Creelan Peters. Hi, and welcome to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm your host, Creelan Peters, the fear whisperer. And today is a very special episode. It's actually the kickoff of our new podcast series. If you've been listening to the jam sessions over the last several months, you know that I'm continuing the same format, so I'm interviewing powerful people who have learned to tame their fear, embrace their greatness, and get out of their own damn way. But now, as I'm getting out of my own damn way in an even bigger way, I'm expanding my reach through the power of the podcast. And I'm so excited, and I'm so happy to have you listening. And I'm also excited to welcome today's guest. Sherry Van Antwerp. So let me tell you a little bit about Sherry before I bring her on. She is an intuitive coach, speaker, and a featured author in 365 Ways to Connect with Your Soul. With 20-plus years in corporate, raising two children and triumphing over traumatic losses, she now helps women uncover and discover their self-worth to create more fulfilling lives. Sherry's perspective on life, loss, and purpose drives her mission to help women strategize and follow through with their own uniquely designed life transformation. So welcome, Sherry, to the new podcast. Ah, yay. I, I'm so excited, and, and what a privilege it is for me to get to be your first guest. That's, that's wonderful. Thank you. <laughs> so it's like, here we are, world. <laughs> it's pretty <Yeah>. scary. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats well, too on, on moving oh, to the format. That's oh, that's thank wonderful. You. So thank you congratulations. So yes, I'm very excited and I, I'm I'm thrilled and we had a, a little discussion pre show and it's gonna be I know it's gonna be a great episode. So listeners, get ready, buckle up. <laughs> <laughs> so Sherry, I know I, I read a little bit about about your um background there but I know that that's just a snippet. So tell us more about yourself and how you've learned to get out of your own damn way. Yeah, thank you, Creelin. Um, you know, a little bit more about myself. My bio kind of did did cover a little bit, but I have a, a past life in corporate, and more specifically, I was a professional fundraiser, actually. So mm. I got to know a lot about people and worked with lots of different people, um, in my corporate world and just kind of always, you know, thought that I was a, quote, good reader of people, mm-hmm. um, so to speak. And and then later kind of learned that really more of what that was was not just being a good reader of people, but I was actually very um, highly intuitive and, mm-hmm. you know, could pick up on a lot of things, um, which I thought were obvious to everyone else. Um, <laughs> but then as you start talking, we're like, oh, no, not everybody did get that. Really? Okay. So um, I, I'm very intuitive and I use um, my intuitive abilities in my coaching to really help people kind of get to the point uh, faster, maybe, and also help people to acknowledge some of uh, the things that we don't always want to acknowledge or admit to, you know, kind of, uh, I'm a pretty straight shooter, um, but in a gentle way, I think, right. but helping people to kind of, you know, 
take that long, hard look at themselves and I can uh, kind of pull things to their attention that, that maybe they're missing or uh, are things that they necessarily don't don't maybe foresee as being issues that really are in their life. So um, I, I blend those two together in my work with, with people. That's great. And I'm I'm guessing just from the little we've already chatted that the reason that you're good at picking up on that is because you may have had some struggles. <laughs> and I and I don't mean I'm yeah. not laughing at you, I'm laughing with you, trust me, because that's how I came into my intuitive um senses more fully as well. Right, right. So um, you know, you asked the question how how did I get out of my own damn way? And I think that that's really something that, you know, I'm still trying to do every day. And I think a lot of people really are still trying to do every day. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I did have a series of uh, events that happened uh, in my life that kind of brought me to the place of, you know, there's got to be more. And, and there's got to be more to this than, than what I've experienced. Um, and it really all kind of came to a head for me in the year 2001. Uh, and a little back history on that, but, but coming into 2001, uh, growing up, my parents had gotten divorced when I was 12, and there was really nothing too spectacular, you know, about that. It was, you know, a pretty, quote, standard divorce as those things go. Mm -hmm. But then um, about two or three years after that, my dad basically decided to check out of my life. Um, and he lived, you know, right where we lived and everything, so there wasn't any geography issues that were coming in there. Um, but he just really exited um, my life and, you know, didn't ever really understand why, but he – he got remarried and, and he just chose not to be really involved with my life to the point of, you know, he never set foot on my college campus, you know, never called me, never wrote, didn't come to my wedding, um, really removed himself from my life entirely. Um, and so coming into into 2000, you know, I had reached out and, and tried to kind of start repairing that relationship a little bit. Um, and then Easter of 2001 um, rolls around, and he's killed in a car accident. Mm. So that ends, you know, any possibility of us restoring um, a relationship or anything like that. So, so there was a lot of emotional stuff, you know, and, and you kind of go through that, do you regret, and all of that. Um, so that happened in April. And then in May of 2001, uh, my first marriage uh, kind of finally imploded, right? It had been in the dying process for a while, but in, in May, everything, you know, fell apart there. So I've lost, you know, a parent. I've now lost my marriage, and I'm in the struggles of, of what's happening there. Mm -hmm. um, and then in October of that year, you know, I decided, oh, well, let's change jobs, too. Let's add a little mm -hmm. bit more, you know, stress and drama into my into my life. So I, I switched jobs and, and made some big changes in my life in, in terms of, of professionally what was going on. Uh, and then at the, at the very end of December of 2001, uh, I get a phone call one night after Christmas, and my mom tells me that my stepsister has 
been shot and killed by her husband, mm-hmm. who then shot himself in front of their three small children. Oh, my goodness. And that was really kind of the moment when I went, oh, my God, like, th- mm-hmm. this is just enough, right? What is what is going on? Everything is falling apart, you know, around me, and I really kind of went, you know, <laughs> there's got to be more, right? This yeah. is not what we are here to experience and what we are here um, for. And so it really began kind of my path of um, exploration and self-study and trying to trying to figure out, like, what's, what's going on? Like, mm-hmm. life can't just be happening, right? Like, mm-hmm. this just all can't be happening for no purpose and for no reason. And so really, you know, kind of started doing a lot of exploration and um, from there, you know, made some other dramatic changes in my life, um, but really kind of started to learn then about this whole concept of self-love and, you know, owning your life Mm -hmm. and being, you know, responsible and accountable for what's happening versus uh, being in that place of it's happening to me. Um, and a little bit of that, that what can I do about it? You know, like, no, like, I'm not going to accept this, right? There's got to yeah. be a better answer. There has got There's to got be to something, be a yeah. Way. yeah. Right, right, right. And, and it really, for me at that time is when I really started to <clears throat> especially get into uh, learning a lot more about the ego and, you know, kind of realized for the first time that um, these this voice in my head you know, this crazy bitch that was telling me all the time, like, you suck, you're terrible, why would you do that, you're going to fail, you know, oh, but that yeah. wasn't, that wasn't me, mm-hmm. right, like, mm-hmm. who I, who I really am and who I was, um, you know, that's the voice of, uh, of what I believe is our soul, and that voice is really, really hard to hear because it only talks in whispers. And the crazy bitch screams like nonstop, right? Um, but that—that that for me was what I really decided. Like, you know, I've—I've I've got to love myself. I've got to get to a happy or or place with who I am and what I am, because guess what? Like, crap's gonna happen in life mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. You know, two thousand and one isn't the end of the crap that's gonna happen. Right, mm-hmm. there's going to be more come along the way, and I think for me it just took that really big shaking of that year of so many relationships um, falling apart and being taken away mm-hmm. um, to get me to the place of of really being open enough to to learning more and and to taking those really critical looks at myself. You know, because everything was very external, and I, I realized, like, no, you got to look at yourself and and what you're deciding here going forward. And, and there's a, a certain mercy—that's the word that kind of comes to mind—and surrender as you're talking about your experience, where you know sometimes those of us who are very ego-driven or goal-driven or analytical or really living in in that the the physical world with the the crazy bitch. <laughs> experience, I love that, um, is it, it takes a lot to get our attention because we are so 
focused on other things um, that, you know, and it seems to like come in these waves and then, you know, things have to get louder and more in our face for us to listen. And and it's unfortunate that, and like you said, things happen and and relationships were taken from you and, and we have our choice on how to respond to that. But, but there's, there's a certain amount of like stripping away. Like when, when you get Mm -hmm. all of that coming at you at once, it's just like I know I've been in those moments. I've I've had several years in my life like that. It seems, and I can look back on it in the same way that you are too, and just see the blessings and the lessons that came out of it. But it was freaking hard and painful at right. the time. Um, but just being able to go, okay, I I don't know. You know, I I, I sometimes laugh hysterically in those moments where I'm just like, what else? Like, are you serious? What else could happen right now? And um, what what a, an amazing blessing that you're able to to look at that and and find a different way. Yeah, and and you know everything that you mentioned off, like I could tick every single one of those boxes, and it was a point of pride. You know, like I'm goal oriented, I'm mm-hmm. climbing the ladder. You know, I'm going to be the best. You know, wife, mother, worker, that whole quote superwoman complex. Yeah. Um, you know, I had that in spades. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I was living, uh, and we talked earlier, we're, we're from the same generation. So when I say this, you will get it, and I'm mm-hmm. sure a lot of our listeners will too. But I was living the Anjoli woman mentality. <laughs> I love that song. I can bring up the right? bacon. Oh. <laughs> right. We're tortured. I mean, if you grew up in, like, the 70s and 80s, you can't not remember that song, yeah. right? Because it was exactly, you know, I can bring home the bacon, fry it up in a pan, you know, never let you forget you're a man. Yeah. I think we're three of the three of the lines, <laughs> right? And and that, I mean, I was like, yeah, I'm living that. I'm the Anjali woman, you know. And, and I think it's really, really interesting because, I find, you know, a lot of the women that I work with um, that are that are of that generation, but, I mean, it, it, it trickles up and down both ways, right? There's super women complexes everywhere. Um, that, you know, our mothers didn't have those same opportunities, right? There, there were very limited options. Like I know my mom has said that the three things you could be were a secretary, a nurse, or a teacher, like professionally, those were the three options that she had. Um, and so I think a lot of that generation then looked at their daughters and were like, honey, you can be whatever you want to be, you know, you can, you can do anything, you know. And then the expectation though also was still there though of, but you should also have, you know, you should marry and you should have a family and, and you can, you can do everything. And, and they, they wanted that for us not knowing right. what the cost was right. going to be. Right. right. And, and the cost is that we're the most, uh, medicated generation of all time. Right. We're, mm-hmm. we're on, uh, antidepressants in record numbers. We take a pill to go to sleep at night. Um, because otherwise we end up sleeping in this pile of what I affectionately call mental vomit. Right? <laughs> we're, we're laying there at oh. 2 or 3 o'clock in the morning, and the crazy bitch, right, I call her yeah. Zelda. I just gave her a name oh. so that I don't, like, associate <laughs> her with myself. She's this crazy person that sits there. And, you know, that, that's the mental vomit start that she kicks out to you, right? She starts 
the litany of like conversations that happened and oh what you should have said and now they probably think that I'm this and oh I've got to bring cookies for the soccer game but I don't have time to make them myself so I'll have to go to the bakery and buy them but then they'll think that I'm not a good mom because I bought cookies from the bakery and just it never stops right like Mm -hmm. Zelda can go forever so I mean yeah we're taking pills to sleep we're taking pills to wake up we're we're using food to medicate all sorts of feelings because that's the socially acceptable drug, mm-hmm. right? Um, and so that's that's what I say when they wanted these things for us, they didn't realize the cost that that we were gonna pay, you know, to try to have all these things. And so my really my ultimate getting out of my own damn way moment was when I realized that I couldn't do all those things and that mm-hmm. that was okay. And that if I was going to be a happy person and I was going to be the best person that I could be instead of what I used to say, I was like half-assing everything, mm-hmm. right? I was working, I was a wife, I was a mom, but nobody was really getting the best of me. They were just getting the rest of me. Mm-hmm. You know, there, was, there wasn't enough of me to go around to, to everything. And so... I was just kind of doing everything in what I felt was a very mediocre way. And and that wasn't making me happy because I felt like, you know, all of those things deserved better. But at the end of the day, I'm like, I, I just can't, you know, there, I just can't. So when I got out of my way and started accepting, like, you can't do everything and that's okay is when I really finally – got to that place of liking myself more, you know, because my days were just filled with things that I was unhappy with myself about, that I felt like I didn't do well or anything. And, I mean, I'm telling you, I, like, if if you could listen to a tape recorder of the crap that used to play in my head nonstop, <laughs> I mean, it's scary, right? And yeah. I, I always tell people when I'm coaching them, like, when you think about the things you say to yourself, mm-hmm. would you ever in a million years repeat that to to someone else? Would you ever say the things you say about yourself? Would you ever say those about someone else? Or would you ever expect of someone else what you expect of yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we're just yeah. so hard on ourselves and we're so critical and we've just we've just got to stop so for me like when you can can stop doing that and it's not even that you're never going to do it because trust me like I still have mental (laughs) problems no I I just did that this morning and yesterday so I'm (laughs) right yeah Uh, but but the, the key to success as I say is like acknowledging when you're into those moments and then correcting, course correcting, right? Like you're never going to yeah. drive the perfectly straight line because none of us are, are that highly evolved that we're not going to go there. But it's just realizing and going like, oh, okay, step away. <laughs> Let's have a reality check Step here. away okay. from Zelda, yes. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I call it sending her to timeout, right? Like go right. to the corner. Because you're just being up to no good right now. So if you go take a timeout and, and go from there. Um, but yeah, I think that's really the, the thing that keeps us from, from being the, the unique, wonderful people that we all can be. What's in our way 
it's it's ourself, right? We we are in our own damn way, as you say. Mm-hmm. And until we can get that, you know, ego in check, and until we can come to that place of loving ourselves enough to just align with the things that really fill us up and give us, you know, purpose and passion, you know, that's the key. That's what we're all looking for. It is, and it's it's amazing. You and I think very, very similarly, and that typically happens with so many of my guests. I can't imagine why. <laughs> but uh-huh. I know. What's up with that? But, yeah, it's it's amazing what we do to ourselves and how, you know, I, I, I don't let other people talk to me like that. <laughs> They're right. like, um, no, that's not acceptable. And yet we accept mm-hmm. it from ourselves. And I have a very similar, I call it the super wound syndrome. I think you said something like that or similar. And um, mm-hmm. we do, we get, we get in our own way by really expecting so much from ourselves. And, um, and especially, you know, because I, I work a lot with women, um, entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs and, and there's, there's like that added thing, I think, with, with, with that group of, of ladies who, it's, it's like taking the superwoman syndrome, like on, on steroids. <laughs> Oh, oh right! You know right, we're trying to yeah, balance everything, yeah. and and it's it's amazing how we how we do that. And I love what you said, acknowledging course correct, because none of us are perfect. We all have our lessons to learn. We all get in our own way, and it's really a ma- like now I I can recognize it faster and get out of my way faster, and that's the goal is right. you know is to be able to um to recognize it. And and get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. That's that is that's the that's the real you know that's when you 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 can say you've had victory, right? Because again, you're yeah. never going to eradicate it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, how quickly can you get get back? It's like you know your GPS basically. Like you're going along, and then all of a sudden you take a a wrong turn, and the GPS says, "Oh, please make a U-turn at the next possible," you know turnabout and that's what it is like okay you turn get get back on course you know that's so funny i I just have an aside here because if if anyone who follows me on facebook knows that me and surrey are at war right now my iphone (laughs) so my gps is not nice to me i think it was actually this morning even i was driving to the car dealership to get my car in for service and it's just two miles from my house but i forgot what the cross street was and she could not help me and let's just say that I she's my Zelda. <laughs> oh, so it, yes, if you have a GPS, it's working properly. <laughs> right, exactly. It's not malfunctioning. Right. <laughs> oh, it's funny. So yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing how you're you're I, when you were talking about your growing up story. There's a lot of similarities. My parents divorced when I was the same age, um, around the same time frame that your father left your life, my father left my life, and um, mm-hmm. but that that was the end of the parallel with that storyline. Um, and but I I remember how tragic that was for me at the time too. And and you certainly had a really horrible year in 2001. <laughs> And I can relate, but I'm, I won't go into all the details of, of my tragedies right now. But I, I do know that out of the tragedy, like I said, there's so many lessons that can come out of that. And it's it's so wonderful that you're able to take that time to reflect because there are people out there who, who get stuck in that and get stuck in the yeah. kind of the why me and the poor me. And there's no 
I'm not saying it's not okay to be there. It's just when we continue to be there and don't find our way out or allow people to help us out of that, it can be really debilitating. Right. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, I think it's it's natural to have those moments, you know, of like, you know, oh, my God, like you said, what more, you know, can happen, you know, and, and why, you know, why is this happening to me? Um, and, you know, I think one of the other ones uh, that, that pops up a lot um, is, you know, when some really, you know, chronic illness or disease, you know, hits people. And I've experienced, you know, plenty of that um, in my family uh, as well. And, you know, the thing that, that I, I try to focus on when I'm working with people that, that are in that situation uh, is, um, you know, what what is, though, the potential positive that can come from mm-hmm. from an experience like that? And, you know, pretty much, you know, without too many exceptions, most everyone that I've, I've worked with and, and talked with in that situation, you know, their lives are dramatically impacted for the better once they come out the other side. Yes. You know, it's that time of realizing what really matters, mm-hmm. you know, to you, what's really important to you. Um, and if you've ever read the book, um, I know there's a couple of them out there, actually, but, but the theme is always basically about, you know, the regrets that people have at the end of, of their life or the things mm-hmm. that they wish, you know, that they, they would have been able to do. Um, and, you know, it, it, it never comes down to, you know, wanting more material things mm-hmm. or that they would have, you know, focused on their job. It's always about relationships, right? Like right. they wish they would have spent more time with their families. They wish that they would have taken more risks in life that's a common one too Mm -hmm. you know like they wish they would have been braver and and taken risk and and generally that they wish they would have been more authentic you know in Mm -hmm. their in their living um and and so i think like you said sometimes these these horrible what appear to be horrible you know at first glance um can really be some of the things that transition us to a place of having amazing you know outlooks from that point moving forward. And, you know, everything that happens in life, you know, we get to choose whether we look at it as an obstacle or as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's true for anything that that comes at us. Either we view it as an obstacle or we view it as an opportunity. And how we approach it, you know, largely impacts whether we're going to experience a lot of pain with it or we're going to experience a lot of growth with it. You know, again, we can't control everything that's happening to us, but we do get to control our perspective yes. on it. Yes. And I think that's that's one of the, the things that is just so, you know, crucial to, to remember. And, and that was one of the things that I, I realized in hindsight after I went through kind of that 2001 year um, was that I, I did have the perspective, um, you know, when my father passed away and and I realized that, that that was done. I really didn't dwell in that place of, you know, regret and mm-hmm. remorse and everything because I looked at it as, you know, we both made choices, you know, along the path and in the years that led up to that and, 
you know, it's done. It, it can't be changed. So right. there, in my mind, like there is zero point in spending energy in the I woulda, coulda, shoulda mm-hmm. space. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's done, it's over, right? So what what can I take away from that, and what what are the you know opportunities to learn that I have from this? Well, you know the opportunity was is you know don't wait to do stuff, mm-hmm. you know do it do it now, and and really that whole year I think that was the lesson for me was was not to wait to do things now to be present now. Um, because it was, everything was kind of very sudden, you know, like, yeah, oh, it's a sudden yeah. change <laughs> throughout yeah, the whole definitely. whole year, right? Let's, let's really shake things up. Um, you know, but, but I think that is, is so true. I hear so many people talking about, oh, well, you know, someday I want to do this, you know, and someday, you know, I'd like, I'd like to travel, someday we'll do this, you know, well, None of us are guaranteed someday, exactly. right? We're, yeah. we're only guaranteed right now you know so um i know you and i were talking beforehand too about you know technology and and things like that but you know if you're if you're thinking about somebody and think oh i should call them or whatever well actually do it right like call them actually pick up the phone crazy as it may seem i know the phone what's that yeah (laughs) the phone you can use it to make a call like you can do more than just text on it or whatever right um but you know, I think that is it's it's that it's being you know present, which again is about letting the ego go because the ego likes to live in the past and worry about the future, and you know all all living in the past does really is is that's depression. That's where depression manifests, right? Mm-hmm. Is from dwelling in the past yeah. and and having those regret, remorse, you know, all of that kind of stuff, and. Anxiety, which is the other thing that our generation is plagued with, mm-hmm. is all worry about the future, yeah. right? What might happen? What could happen? Um, and and that that level of of heightened like oh, <laughs> and I mean, we all do this. Like I am, I'll be the first to admit, like I am awesome at having imaginary conversations <laughs> about things that might happen. Like, I like to strategize the whole yeah. conversation, you know? And then at the end, you realize, like, oh, my God, what a waste of time, you know? And and I had a great example in corporate because um, I had a really, really, really difficult client. Like, it just was one of those clients that it seemed like, you know, no matter what you did, it wasn't right or it wasn't enough. I mean, they were just impossible to satisfy, it seemed. Mm-hmm. And so we had this standing phone call that was like every Thursday afternoon, right? So every like Wednesday night, I mean, it was so stressful. I would start thinking about this conversation that was going to happen the next day. And like, you know, trying to anticipate what they would say. And well, if she says this and I'm going to say this. And well, if she's going to hear that, then I'll say this. You know, and like I would spend hours, literally like hours, like thinking about, this conversation, and I know one day it was going to, I thought it was going to be a particularly bad conversation, so I had really been doing my prep work, you yep. know, <laughs> and we, we get, because <laughs> we got to be prepared, and we get into the call, and she's totally happy, she's totally fine, and I get off the phone, I'm like, well, that went a lot better, but in that moment, like, that was that light bulb moment for me where I went, oh, my God, yeah. I have wasted so much energy 
And I really wasn't even present with my kids and stuff last night about what they were doing because I was so preoccupied mentally Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with this conversation that I thought I was going to have to have. And it it never happened. So what a waste. Why did I do that? It just steals your moments when when you do that. I'm guilty of that as well. Yeah, I mean, we all are, right? Yeah. You know, but but again, it's that being able to recognize it and, and course correct. Because, I mean, statistically, I think they say something like over 98% of the things that we worry about never happen. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and those conversations never end up going, you know, the way we think they're going to go. Right. Or they, they go off on a different tangent that we hadn't prepared for. So, you know, it, it, it is, it's just about being in, in that presence, you know, and, and living with what's happening right now, cause, cause that's all you're guaranteed. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's it, is just right now. Um, yeah. so yeah, I think, you know, that was, like I said, part of my lesson of 2001 was, you know, if, if I really wanted the relationship with my dad, I should have started it a longer time back than that. And I thought we had time, but again, mm-hmm. boom, you don't have time. It's right. gone. Right. Um, you know, same thing, you know, like I said, my, I knew my marriage had kind of been in trouble, but it, it kind of went boom, you know, fast too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the situation with, with my stepsister, you know, those are, those are those things that just, you never expect, you no, know, and no. you never imagine and, and you never think that, that you won't, you know, have that, you know, tomorrow at that that young age um, in life, you know, but it was all things that were very much like nothing's guaranteed here, Sherry, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. You got to you got to do it now. So Absolutely. that that was my great lesson from that. Well, that is wonderful. I so appreciate you sharing that. I know uh, what courage it takes to to talk about that. I know it happened a while ago, but it's still, I mean, that's bringing up um some tough times, and I, I appreciate your vulnerability in sharing that with my audience. Well, I'm a big, big proponent of, you know, the more you get comfortable with, with telling your story and, and the more you share your story, I'm continually amazed um, at how many people respond with, mm-hmm. you know, connection, um, similarities in their story. You know, so my mentality is, is you know, Share your story. Share who you truly are and what you've been through because you may just be giving somebody else the key, you know, to get out of their prison that they feel like that they're in and that they feel like they're the only one or no one could possibly ever understand, you know, Mm -hmm. what I've been through because I promise you, like, there is, there are people, many more than you ever could imagine that do relate and that do get you and you know through sharing that is really giving yourself freedom but you're you're also giving other people you know the permission that that some of us feel like we need to get authentic with ourselves which is exactly why I created this show yes. <laughs> to help people <laughs> yay so we are actually yay. just a little bit over time so i know i can't believe that always happens so just we get in such it's, good conversations yeah. on the show so um, before we wrap up, though, Sherry, I want to make sure that my listeners, if they are feeling guided to reach out to you, learn more about you, that they have a way to do that. So how can they how can they find you? Yeah, you bet. Um, they can visit my website, which is 
sherryvanantwerp.com, and you can also uh, follow me. I'm on uh, Periscope, uh, Twitter, uh, Blab, and Instagram at sherryvanann, which is S-H-E-R-R-Y-V-A-N-A-N. I decided not to go with the whole mouthful name on that one. <laughs> so I shortened her up a little bit there. So Great. Ann or my website, yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you. Do you have any last-minute tips for my audience on how they can get out of their own damn way? Yeah, you know, my tip would be is is to just be aware of that voice, really, that's, that's talking in your head. I think that that is really step one is realizing that that voice, isn't you you know that voice is the voice of your fear it's your voice of your ego Mm -hmm. and your your fears that are are thinking that they're trying to protect you and keep you safe but who you truly are is is the voice of your soul um, and that's the one that we have to try to tune into more frequently well wonderful thank you so much sherry for being a guest on the get out of your own damn way podcast Thank you, Creelan. I'm so honored, like I said, to, to be here and to, to be your first on iTunes. That's Yay! awesome. Yay! <laughs> it is awesome. And thank you all for listening. And be sure to stay tuned for more awesome interviews on the show. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. What's getting in the way of you embracing your greatness and reaching those big, juicy goals you have in your life or business? Hi, I'm Creelan Peters, the Fear Whisperer and host of the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast. I'm a master at getting out of my own damn way, and I can teach you how to do it, too. Take my free quiz and get on your way to getting out of your own damn way today. Go to creelan.com slash quiz. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash quiz. You've been listening to the Get Out of Your Own Damn Way podcast with Creel and Peters, the Fear Whisperer. Join us next time for more inspirational stories and leave a review on iTunes. You can also find us at creelin.com slash podcast. That's K-R-Y-L-Y-N dot com slash podcast. Thanks for tuning in.